Hello and welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I are aspiring writers, uh, but we never actually took the time to sit down and practice our writing. Exactly. So to cure that issue, we are issuing a challenge. Each week we sit down and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. Then we come on the podcast, we uh, read a story sent in by you wonderful listeners, and then we talk about some others. Mm-hmm. Exactamundo. We're simply here to help you do the right thing. A doof media a doof production. media production. Um, nice. <laughs> it wasn't, but that's fine. Anyway, um, <laughs> how are you doing, Jarvis? I am doing pretty good. I am currently in the process of packing up my current life and moving it all to stores because I am moving into a new college apartment. Oh, yes, I'm still in college. I didn't. I didn't realize that you were going to another uh, apartment. I just assumed you were like, I because you talked about going back to your uh, mom's for like the summer or something. But I guess that yeah, already yeah. happened. I don't know. Yeah, so uh, earlier this this summer, I did go on a fantastic trip with with my mother. We uh, went down to the coast, San Antonio, Port A, took lots of great great pictures, and we just, you know, got that sort of beach coastal vibes, which I was really looking forward to. Um, But no, uh, I'm going to have to go go back down to Austin um, during this sort of break, because I'm moving out of here on the 24th, but my other place isn't available until the 20th which is kind of dumb um, of the next month dang I, yeah of august right um so i basically had to spend a entire month back in pflugerville uh which is which is fun it it should be fine um but yeah so currently in the process of packing up definitely getting rid of a lot of stuff especially clothes because um apparently i've lost weight oh. um so uh, yeah, so a, a lot of my old clothes either don't fit or just aren't my style anymore. You've grown so out of them in more ways than one. Exactly. So I'm going to be donating everything. <laughs> no no clothes, but the clothes on your back. And that's just because... Exactly. For legal reasons. Hey, that is the American dream, isn't it? You should just walk around in the bathrobe. That's what I do in the house. On, like, I wish that was socially acceptable, because that completely fits like my vibe, mm-hmm. just like fuzzy, fuzzy yeah, bathrobe, bath dad slippers, yeah. and messy hair. Yeah, I could picture it just all day, mm-hmm. um, all day, every day. But but what about you? I, I know you're currently uh, half in the midst of a move. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it's it's complicated and weird. It's it's not that weird, but um, we haven't sold the the old house, and now my mom's saying something like. If we don't find a buyer for this old house sometime, then she wants to, like, rent out the new house that we bought for a year. I I don't... I think she has this idea of what being a landlord is like. That's just, like, yeah. uh, if you have a Fictional. place, the people will come, I guess. But, like, it's not, it's not that simple. And also, <laughs> you know, the ethics of it and all. But, um... So I just hope it doesn't come to that because it's, I, I don't want to have to talk her out of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, hey, hopefully your, your your dad will do some of the some of the talking out of it. No, that's not um, how my family works. Okay. I'm the problem okay. solver, so. <laughs> okay, well, you know what? It's a good thing they they, they have you. That's, then. yep. <laughs> that's very true. But that's, uh, that's but yeah. the story for my memoir, uh, not for the podcast. 
Mm-hmm. Same, same. Oh, yeah. I can't wait till we we both come out with our uh, memoirs, but, but, then, but then we both have a chapter, like, like chapter 13, just about all of this. Like just this time period? Yes, just just this time period, making a making a, a, a podcast, growing as people. Yeah, this is well, you know, I think a lot of people are gonna come out. It's gonna be really annoying in a while, uh, when every memoir references the pandemic because Yeah. You know, I mean it's it's, it's a big part of our lives and I mean, at least for, for me, it's been like a incubation time of of internal growth and stuff i think i probably would have mm-hmm, been doing this same. anyway but maybe accelerated i don't know it was just a big yeah, time maybe. change yeah definitely having that time by yourself with yourself i mean i know i've changed tremendously you know now i'm now i'm ready to you know go out there actually uh, actually uh, attack life maybe even date uh but you know i i feel like the first like the first quarantine novel to like come out will probably be pretty good I'll say like maybe like like the first five to like come out will probably be very good, but then <laughs> it will become oversaturated with a whole bunch of people telling their their takes of of the like quarantine when they're all saying like the exact same thing, right? You know? Yeah, it'll be like um, God, what's a what's another thing like um, like all of those uh, black death novels that like came uh-huh. out during, during yeah that, yeah there that was a time. bunch of yeah. the ya black death novel genre well, no. <laughs> just way too much you know yeah well uh, uh there was one made i think by john by jonathan swift about the black death or i don't something like that, that. doesn't sound know. right considering no it it wasn't swift anyway he's a satirist i don't yeah. think there was i don't think the the, I, the concept of a novel was a thing back then so well stories yeah it's stories yeah 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 um mm-hmm. but uh yeah i mean there was definitely stuff with uh world war one and two i'm sure so mm-hmm. um, exactly yeah and cold war played out fears anyway mm-hmm. the uh, red scare. yeah so that's that's our our pre pre-show talk let's get into the actual episode what are the <laughs> words this week thank you so much for asking so the words for this week were cultural listen maze and poem Nice. Um, yeah, so uh, what's the story that we'll be reading this week? Mm-hmm. So the story we are going to be talking about and reading this week is by Flower Priest with Rolls. Uh, yeah, so this is also a sequel to a prior story, which is, I, I don't think it's necessary at all to uh, know it. In fact, um, I found it a little bit almost ill-fitting to the, to the old story. Uh, but for context... Mm-hmm. Um, the two characters well actually is it i'm not sure if i if i should say what story came from because i kind of like not knowing what it is when you go into it and then realizing what it is and also this this story definitely does stand on its own Mm -hmm. i would say yeah okay we'll reveal what it is after i guess not that it's like a i'm just gonna start reading (laughs) yeah of course so this is flower priests rolls Lilla looked at him with almost convincing supplication. Please, son of soul, we have waited so long for your coming. Only you can free us from this tyranny. Audris reclined on the plump seat by the fireplace and did his best brooding American hero impression. I'm sorry, Zianling, but you got the wrong guy. I'm just a small town screw-up. 
Lilla knelt by his feet and put her hands to his knees. Audra's hoped she didn't smear her fresh nail polish on his pajama pants. They were a gift from the label. We're not wrong, she intoned. The prophecies mark you. You're our salvation. Audra stood up. Stop, stop. Do it again. You sounded too confident in this one. Lilla frowned at him. What do you mean, too confident? She said in her real accent. The alien princess should be completely submissive to her dumb American rescuer, Audrish explained. Trust me, I've read the comic this movie is based on. Xianling doesn't have a ba- backbone. In fact, my friend Jurgis used to say she could lick her own- Shut up! Lilla cut in on his joke. She stood up and returned to bed to look at the script again. You promised me you were going to take this seriously. This is important to me. Audris went behind her and tenderly held her back. I know, my jewel, but listen, do you really want this job? He kissed her neck. To be stuck for six years in a desert playing a pinup from a teenage boy's wall? Lilla turned around and confronted him with her usual, you're being an idiot expression. God, that excited him. You should probably see a therapist about that. It's not about what I want, but do you see any better roles coming my way? You read more of these scripts than I do. What better option is there? Audra's had to give her that. The small library of proposed projects littering a corner of their room was not, in general, quality material. He would never understand the film business. Didn't they know the amethyst they had in their midst? He laid down on the bed and made a defeated gesture with his hands. You're right. There's no choice. You should quit and be my full-time groupie. We'll party across rooms like this while some other poor girl gets stung by sand. You asshole, she said with a smile and laid down next to him. Her hair smelled like fresh grass and grapes. I know you think you're joking, but a part of me is starting to think you're an actual misogynist masquerading as a pretend misogynist. He pulled her into a hug and nuzzled her neck to get a better smell. You're right, my jewel. I can't escape my cultural programming. You should leave me for a proper feminist boy who would support your all-important career of being told what to do by crusty mean men in hats. She laughed more at that. God, her laugh was better than music. Better than poetry. Better than whatever he could create in the studio. She finished her laughter and got on top to kiss him. Fine. She kissed him again, deeper. Enough rehearsal Enough rehearsal for tonight. Let's do something actually fun. But I have waited so long for your coming. Only you can free us from this tyranny. I'm sorry, Xianling, but you got the wrong guy. I'm just a small town screw-up. Oh, wait, sorry, they reversed it. I wasn't sure. Enough rehearsal for tonight. Let's do something actually fun. But I have waited so long for your coming. Only you can free us from this tyranny. I'm sorry, Xianli, but you caught the wrong guy. I'm just a small town screw-up. We're not wrong, he intoned. The prophecies mark you. You're our salvation, our shining hope. I don't believe in prophecies. I believe in action. 
All right. Well, this is a, a really great story. Very, very cute. I, I really love this uh, back and forth, uh, how playful it it is when they do talk about um, the misogynist, fake pretend misogynist thing and, and then all that. So, yeah, I think that this is a really strong story that has a solid grasp on these two characters. But I don't know. I just really like seeing this this moment for uh, for them, you know, telling that. There's a mutual want there. I, I know that's something that's really hard to uh, come up with and really portray. So great job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really clear uh, that Audris, it, it's interesting he's playing this, um, the brooding American, you know, hero who's also like sort of misogynistic yeah. just in, in what the character even is. And then he comes out of it and he's sort of like still kind of uh, acting a little bit like that. And mm-hmm. but it's really clear through the narration that he's totally like head over heels in love with her, and um, I like that that sort of um, juxtaposition, and I, I like that it's also pointed out in the text by Lila. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I I enjoy how like neither of these characters are lacking should i say like within a lot of these sort of back and forth dialogues it's very clear to to tell who the writer's favorite might be or you know who they have more um depth with but within this even though it is a very action reaction type of uh, type of conversation both of these characters are really fleshed out it seems and you know i can see them both working uh apart from from the other but yeah i just love this how we saw them together how we see how 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 they're acting how how you see how she uh, challenges him and now he uh challenges her and then all that so yeah um I think one thing that that makes this good is that there is a conflict here. Um, it's kind of easily resolved, but I think that's okay for this sort of thing. This is just like yeah. clearly like not you know the pivotal like. I mean, if this were a romance, right? There have to be something that breaks them apart, right? Um, and this isn't that. Um, but uh, I do like yeah the the conflict of her wanting this job, but he doesn't want her to have it for probably multiple reasons one that um like he thinks that she des- deserves better but also because i think on some level because that would mean that he probably can't see her as much um it, not that that really comes that's not something in the text but it's just something that like i think is easy to imagine um and i like how the sort of comes out in their jokes um cuz when people joke it's usually still with like a kernel of of truth behind it right and so mm-hmm. he's talking about these you know crusty old men and how she should actually just come join him as a permanent groupie and it's like he doesn't really mean it but he also does kind of mean it yeah yeah exactly and yeah that's that's definitely something that uh you can tell that there is truth to to all to all of these these jokes um so yeah, I would I would really love to see how these characters act uh, apart from from the other, um, 
And I know it's something that doesn't necessarily need to be apparent within this story. I mean, this this story as is is really solid and it, and it gets to the point of uh, what it's trying to be. But I would love to see a bit more um, intention uh, for both of these characters. Like what are their goals and wants beyond this this one moment? You know, even though this story itself is very con- contained, I think... Um, having a hint of possibly where they came from and like where they are going um, would be nice to even further fill out these 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 characters to make this 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 moment feel even more like they're just passing ships you know because you can tell that time has has passed between when when they've seen each each other so I think having that intention having like a path for each of these characters to go from this place, would be nice to sort of uh, solidify how special this moment really is. Yeah, that works. Um, and related, I gave me the thought of it's so it's very clear that Audrey like really you know loves her, and um, it does come up, come through in those jokes. You know, some of his worries and such. But I think like having a bit more of his worries of. It, like maybe this is a problem that's kind of already happening maybe you know he's getting bigger with his label and whatever and i mean that causes conflicts in, in relationships right like sort of a, a conflict of you know one party having success while the other one's not or that he's having to spend more time with the work and spending more time away and mm-hmm. maybe some of that guilt of like on his end he is doing well and getting further away and he wants her to not get further away um but he also wants her to do well and that's sort of complicated um back and forth and twist but regardless i i think this is a a cute like romance scene it's just uh these are just things that you can use to complicate it and i i like the complications that are already in here yeah definitely definitely but yeah i mean yeah uh as you said really cute scene maybe adding a bit more uh, complications um could Uh definitely um in i guess just enhance the reading itself even though it it is a really cute scene definitely um like hinting to what a larger issue within this re relationship could be could definitely yeah just take it to that next level i guess yeah i i like the stuff at the the beginning where it doesn't outright tell us that they're putting on you know that they're acting um yeah but i think there's enough clues that we sort of like understand that we need to hold off on our understanding of the scene you know mm-hmm. um where you know Lila is saying her lines and audris is putting on you know this american hero impression and i think at this point you know just paragraph two we're like okay is he an american hero is he this the son of soul you know what is he like <laughs> is he pretending to act within this sci-fi you know setting um and so we kind of hold off, but we're not, like, confused because those are just, like, facts, you know? Um, and then we have the thing about the fresh nail polish, and we're like, okay, what? Wait, what's going on before we finally understand when they stop acting in just a second? And I like how they stop acting pretty early. I think if it had gone on for a couple more paragraphs, I'd be, like... Mm-hmm. It would have been con- confusing. I yeah. think so, um, without, like, a clear indication that they were acting um yeah so that's just something i thought that was well done 
Definitely, definitely. But uh, I think that's all I have to say on this really cute piece. Uh, what about you? How are you feeling? No, I think that's it. Um, but I really appreciate the submission, and it's nice to have a little romantic story. Um, also, I probably read the last couple paragraphs uh, of, of Dialogue Weird, but I'm pretty sure it's a sex scene, so I think it's okay that I read it them weird. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure the last one is like, the oh yes she says at the end is when she's they start having sex because she says i believe in action and then she says oh yes so it's like you know that's when you know mm-hmm. so yeah sex the, anyway <laughs> the sex starts um <laughs> no yeah but i thought it was well done yeah definitely so thank you very much to a uh, flower priest for allowing us to read your story on the podcast mm-hmm uh well all right i think it's high time to roll into our listener submitted story section let's so, go uh, thank you so much to everyone who submitted your story. Seeing bountiful stories in the subreddit is a fantastic feeling every Tuesday. Um, so, the stories we are going to be reading from this week are by Jarby Jazz, Glittering Close, Blarry345, and Excalibur. Alright, who's our first story? The first one up is by Jarby Jazz with One Dead Horse and a World of Problems. Nice title. Yeah, uh, so this is a continuation of um, that series with the necromancy and, and flesh crafters yeah, and whatnot. Seven. Yeah, um, with the captain and this smart science lady, basically, uh, named Esty. So this one is from Esty's perspective, and um, it opens with that death of that um, necromancer that they had just found. And um, last time when we talked about the story, we talked about how... Uh, the captain just like going and wanting to kill her immediately kind of seemed uh, surprisingly like violent. And here we that enters a narrative with Essie sort of being shocked by how he's just decided to just kill this woman and her suddenly feeling a bit unsafe and wanting to, you know, argue against it uh, that this is, you know, an extrajudicial killing and probably wrong. She didn't actually attack and. Um, but also not pushing too hard because I think she does have some fear, um, from, um, the, the captain. Uh, but at the very end, after we get a little bit of world building with, um, what the situation with the legality of magic, um, which kind of like all magic isn't technically illegal, but in practice it is. Uh, at the very end, we kind of get the implication that this necromancer that's just killed is going to come back to life as a monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I I really do um, enjoy this scene. I, I, I like seeing how Esty uh, is taking it really hard, isn't really understanding um, exactly why this um, necromancer had to just immediately be, mur- be marked, um, especially since the things that they were doing weren't insanely harmful i think um but i do like how there is that moment when we do go into the law you know how um magic itself isn't e- illegal well, basically the practice of it and like if it affects other people then at that point it it is so i i really do how this sort of um gray area of the law is being established here um and I think in like a wider world, that would be definitely something that uh, you could build off of further. Um, and I think, you know, it, it, 
it definitely did end in a very nice place. I can tell that uh, these two characters that did that did have this really great uh, back and forth. I feel that you know this is this is that moment when they differ con con completely, and I feel that going further, this could affect their um, re relationship even more so uh really great development within this uh entry yeah um i think the captain could have had like a little bit more um because what he did is like extreme and kind of clearly wrong um and so i think like having explaining some personal experience or stories that he's heard that explains why she the the necromancy is bad beyond just uh death magic is is bad and deserves it, it's gross and bad but something like you know mm-hmm. hearing about a village being wiped out because they didn't take care of a problem that seemed innocuous you know um yeah. but yeah it's clear that like this necropancer lady was just uh, helping out a farm by making undead horses and like that's not bad I, and also i do like the um like the ending there with the sort of suspense of this body coming back to life and the wood splintering it's, i think it's good mm-hmm. yeah definitely um, this might sound a bit weird, but I think, uh, if you were to watch I, Robot, uh-huh. uh, I think, like, because within the similar way, how this, how this captain has a scorn uh, with, right. with, with magic, uh, Will, Will Smith's character has a huge scorn against, um, robots right and for and for the majority of, of of the movie you don't really understand like he's like horribly mean and practically racist against these these um robots up until you you basically find out how how um he was he was let down in um so many words without you know spoiling it and and i think that backstory for will will smith perfectly gave us the reasons as to how he is acting how he is acting so i feel for this captain to be able to dole out this sort of like ab this sort of like absolute justice um maybe they might have a similar backstory or like a deeper connection to these magics to where even though the law itself does operate in a in a gray area he has decided to you know extend the full extent of of the law when it comes to prosecuting these these people so that's just a suggestion i guess mm-hmm. um yeah so that's a great example jarvis of how we can learn from the classics yes of exactly. irobot the cinematic <laughs> masterpiece <laughs> did you ever read i um irobot isaac asimov stories no i haven't they're okay they're fine they're, 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 I, in my opinion they're not like I, so, I I like some of Asimov's other stories, but like, yeah. uh, iRobot I mean, is a, he's a great writer. But. Yeah, well, I mean, it depends on what he's writing. I I really liked his um, his story. Uh, I think it was the last question, or maybe the it was last the last question. Yeah. Yeah. Did he also write the last answer? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think so. Um, but the stories in iRobot are like really simple and kind of like just just kind of showcased his robot rules you know the three laws of robotics and all and how they go wrong in different situations um but anyway anyway um let's go to the next story sorry no 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 that was a good point um but all right up next is by glittering coast with the seeker (laughs) 
Yeah, so we have, um, we, we open on the outside of this island with a uh, roiling sea and this, this storm all around it, but this great one, um, sort of feels like a reference to a great old one, um, keeps it away. Um, but on this island, uh, the inhabitants get all of their supplies from the Great One, but inside of a maze that is restocked, we assume, like, magically, um, at some point. And so they, the village that of people that lives there, they worship the, old, the Great One a, a bit, um, and they know that they have to run into the maze and, and get their stuff, and those people are called Seekers. So we follow this uh, young adult, uh, TM, um, running into the maze, uh, looking for some herbs for her dad. Um, but there, uh, before she comes to conflict with this beast that is guarding one of the things on her list, um, we have this combat sequence where she, uh, slashes it with these twin daggers and, um, uh, to get these tools and finally kills it before she speaks this poem that releases the soul of the guardian beast. Well, that's not specifically what happens, but sort of the implication of to put it to rest, um, a prayer mm-hmm. to the, the great one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that this story is really ripe with this, uh, world building, you know, it's really filling out this, this world very well. Uh, it, it reminds me a, a lot of that book slash TV series, shadow of bones at, <laughs> at, at, at least when it comes to this sort of like dark cloud and there being monsters with, within it, which, you know, I think that's a, uh, really solid trope, you know, and you can definitely find some really great, uh, development from there. Um, but yeah, I, I just really like all of the lore going going into it. I like the um, the interaction be between these uh, seekers, how they all have their own thing going on and they're all going there for their own reasons. But I do like how this um, main character is really focused on, get, on uh, getting this herb to cure her father, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Overall, it's, it's it's really solid. I think that the um that the fight scene is pretty quick. Uh, I, I I would have liked to get a deeper description of this beast, um, especially with so much miss so much mysticism going into um really like how this cloud works and how it's being guarded by these by these great old ones. I uh, would have liked to get a better picture at what these beasts sort of sort of look like but overall like really solid yeah um i i do very much like the sort of the the solidness of the setting that you've um but like you said uh like i can picture this island and, and you know the positions of w- what these people um are in the situation i think what this story lacks is um, a conflict, and I don't, which is ironic considering that there's a there's a fight in it. But the main character doesn't have to make a choice, and I think sure. you, um, Glittering Coast sets up uh, a choice that they're going to make at some point. You know, having to choose probably between their duty to you know their whole village and this herb for their father. And I think if it had really just focused in on that, um, I think that's what. Uh, could have made the story really, really hit well. And so Glidden Coast in, in their comments says that they don't feel that they'll ever get better at telling a whole story in such a short form. And I, I think that's totally false. I think you absolutely will. And this is a good story. It's just like missing that core um, decision-making conflict, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I mean, you you really did hit it, hit it on the head. I mean, they were presented with this po- this possible choice you know when i think it was the 
officer, he he said, um, uh, while looking die die directly at this uh, main character, that you know, make sure to get everything on on this list, not just not 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 just what you are uh, coming for, right? Mm-hmm. And I think if the father's con- condition was was set up to be more more critical you know and how having this this herb as fast as 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 possible could be life or or mm-hmm. death could further set up that that choice that you no know, they would they would have to make be mm-hmm. between duty and personal duty you know yeah. and i think that would have been the driving force for this story um, of course, you know that would make it much, much more longer, and that that is a lot to cover within thirty minutes. But I think if you know you were to go back and like work on this some more, that would be a really strong change for this story. Yeah, I, obviously, again, like w- when you sit down to do the right thing, you like you have these words and you just start going right. So I don't, uh-huh. I, I, I definitely it would be unfair to like expect. Um, someone to like have this whole setting written out in their head um so that they can you know sneakily put it in the story uh as they write it um and having all that conflict so it's not like it's not really a a strong criticism um but uh definitely in a rewrite which i think this does have like a good core conflict with a lot of like uh potential um, is to like skip over like the world building in the beginning, right? Just open mm-hmm. with running into the maze or even um, inside the maze, maybe right before that core um, difficult decision, right? Like maybe mm, yeah. um, maybe the main character, uh, the doors to the maze are about to close soon and she hasn't found the herb. Um, she needs to find it. Finally, she does find it, but it's you know a big risk to go get it because it's she's running out of time and you know the beast that she's fighting is known to take away the rest of the stuff that she has and so she does it and then she like totally fails and um you know the consequences of that of being locked in the maze not that the the not the glittering coast said that the maze gets closed but um locked in the maze or loses all those items or, or some other, you know, terrible consequence. Or maybe she yeah. doesn't, she's not able to uh, get the herb. Like, there's a clear choice where she has to pick one or the other, and she does pick the village over her father. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, so just something like that. Um, and again, uh, th- this is something that's a lot easier when you know what, where like, you've already going. written the story, and then you're going to go back and, and redo it. So, anyway... Uh, it's a good story <laughs> with a lot of potential, and I think Glittering Coast, you uh, are getting better with writing whole stories in um, a short period of time. I think just focusing in on a core decision, starting at that decision basically, or right before it, I think would help. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But uh, thank you very much to uh, Glittering Coast for submitting your story. Up next is Blarry345 with Afternoon Stroll. Uh, so this is a short story. Um, a man named Samuel is walking down the street. Um, he approaches a stall, and uh, we, the the how the stallkeeper uh, speaks almost seems like they're going to be an important character just because they have like a a strong accent. Um, but Samuel sort of dismisses them, and um, as they walk, uh, we can tell that he's like concern about appearing normal in front of guards uh like clearly there must be 
he he must be on the run or something um and he looks out towards the ocean before a or toward, toward a, a barge that sort of implies that he wants to escape on one before a guard talks to him um and surprises him before he just tells them to fuck off basically <laughs> basically yeah um but yeah no i i really do uh enjoy this store i mean it is short it is but it's also very sweet you know i um enjoy this sort of character introduction i think that they're back and forth between this guard um really establishes like this this character's uh disposition really really well um i like a, a lot of the dialogue it's definitely yeah the dialogue towards- sounds good yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it works out really well, but it's also, you know, like hinting at po- a possible time, time period, or just like, I don't know, like how people talk w- within this, this world is very nicely portrayed uh, within this short interaction. So, I mean, overall, it's really strong, great character introduction. And um, yeah, I mean, if you were to work work on this some more or like even take it further, I would love to see... Um, how this character might act in a different situation. Maybe maybe we can get some more depth there. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I was wondering, of course, is um, what is why are they concerned with um, acting normal? So I think just may, maybe Blarry Three Four Five didn't have that on their mind when they were writing this, but yeah, inserting something like that, um, a little more knowledge of what that conflict is. Uh, not, it, I mean, we don't have to know specifically, uh, but just in the case of like just the sort of nature of why they want to hide right not necessarily like oh they stole x item from this person i don't you know it's whatever but Uh like is it for stealing is it for murder um is it for just being actually an alien in a human body you know like i was just wondering those things um but yeah the as you said the dialogue is is really well done i think with these um older words and and accents slipping in really well i think that's well done yeah definitely definitely so thank you very much to blarry 345 and our last story for this week is by excalibur with an untitled poem Mm -hmm. um so uh, excalibur um we didn't talk enough about um so the the theme for this month is punctuation Mm -hmm. um and i think people have been experimenting with punctuation it's just a little hard to tell um like unless if they're doing a, a whole thing with it you know um but i can tell that like people are using more m dashes and and things like that so i appreciate people practicing especially the first story we talked about with jarby jazzes like has a lot of ellipses and m dashes and things to experiment with and i think that's that's cool but um excalibur decided to do a whole thing with it and kind of uh write a whole story that's almost nothing but punctuation because it's um a code block all right mm-hmm. so code is a, a lot of different kinds of punctuation i don't know code so uh and jarvis doesn't either so we had it took us a minute to understand what this what the poem was um mm-hmm. but i think it's 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 cool it's i don't even know if it's like a poem itself that's actually interesting because yeah um it's a it's basically code for a poem generator a fictional poem generator um it's like auto create line um with like uh, some purple prose is what it seems like, and a cultural illusion, uh, a random cultural illusion. Once it's created, arrange the lines into something that like looks like a poem, and then 
that's basically all a poem needs, right? And sort of, I like the the implication and the theme there. Um, I don't get full implications of what the coding means. For example, I don't know what um, the last lines of operator return create poem. Um, I'm not going to read the punctuation, but it's like parentheses uh, at last or something. Um, and I don't know what that means, but <laughs> that's kind of because I'm not the, the target audience and I can get the other main theme pretty well. So I think it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I really uh, in, enjoy this totally um, different thing that, that we're seeing. I mean, from, from what is here, I can definitely tell it's sort of like, as you said, the sort of like poem generator system, but it's also like a complete um, deconstruction of, of what a poem is, you know, being taken down to its very basics. You know, if it, if it looks like a poem and if it sounds like a poem, then it's a poem, uh, no, no matter what the content really is. So yeah, I just really in, enjoy this uh this thing that's completely from from the left field but it's still um working towards not only punk not only punctuation but also like this sort of completely sim sim simplistic take on uh what makes up a a poem so i think it's really i think it's really interesting it's definitely something that i've never seen so yeah um I, I was thinking the theme, and I think um, some of the other commenters uh, were drawing this out as well. Um, the words on the wind, in particular, I think, um, about how this, like, you think a lot of times where, like, um, if you were to write a poem generator, to me, the first thing that would come to mind is like, you know, uh, just ha- set number of lines in a rhyme scheme and some words and, and that makes sense you know um and then mm-hmm. that just makes a poem and this sort of takes it on more of a, like a abstract level of these sort of uh traits that you add in right this cultural illusion and this other thing and it's interesting because it's like structures and and things like that of poem i think are the forms of poetry that people do follow um i think they're they're worth uh, having and it's not so much as just like filling out a form it's like the form adds a adds something to the piece right but in this it's sort of like nothing but form um yeah. it, it's like the, the 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 subject of the poem would literally be random um and therefore kind of meaningless whereas if someone starts um with that subject and then picks a form then it has more meaning um and those cultural illusions actually have an impact and such anyway i thought it was interesting um theme and it got me thinking about form and and such so yeah thanks yeah thank you and yeah thank you very much to excalibur um well all right those are all of the stories for this amazing do the right thing so we would like to say a big old do the right thing thank you to everyone who did leave a story so Thank you very much to Jarby Jazz. Thank you, Glittering Coast. Thank you, Blari345. Um, I think on the Discord, Blari had mentioned that we don't have to say the numbers, but I don't know. I kind of like saying it now. Yeah, it definitely adds something to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Excaliburn, and thank you and, very much for mm-hmm. your story. 
And thank you to Flower Priest. And we would also like to say thank you to everyone who did leave comments. Leaving comments not only under your own story, but under someone else's story, uh, not only condenses all of your own ideas on your own story for everyone to see, but you are providing someone else with crucial feedback that can only improve them as a writer. So, thank you very much to Flower Priest, Blarry345, Excaliburn, Jarby Jazz, Words on the Wind, and Glittering Coast. Thank you so much for leaving comments. Yeah, I always really appreciate when um, people that didn't submit a story for whatever reason still do take the time to leave comments and help people yeah. out. I think that's, that's really cool of y'all. So thanks. Mm -hmm. Exactly. If you want to be like all of these wonderful writers and submit your story to do the right thing, you can do that by going to the to Reddit at slash r slash do the right thing. All you have to do is sit down for 30 minutes and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. Uh, that's right. Um, you can follow us on Twitter to see the words as soon as they come out at RightThingCast. You can also send us an email at RightThingCast at gmail.com and let us know whatever you feel like. You know, mm -hmm. how was your day? What did you have? Did you did you eat something good? Actually, um, you can also join the Doof Media Discord, which is now open to anyone. So if you want to talk about writing, uh, you can go to the Do the Right Thing channel right there. Um, and of course, all the other shows on the Doofcast have their own channels too. So, mm -hmm. you know, if for some reason you're listening to another show other than ours, you know, uh, <laughs> you can talk <laughs> about it. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and if you want to support us and everyone else in Doof Media, you can do that by donating to the Doof Media Patreon. All you have to do is donate $5 or more per month to be able to vote in all things upcoming in Doof. And at the $10 level, you will get access to exclusive bonus content, including the latest episode of Doof Over. Which is still the one that we released in like February or something. Yeah, so. I mean, even though we do have another one re recorded, Wait, do we? Yeah, we did too. I don't think. I, don't think I, I mean, I think I released them. We did Death Note and Steins Gate. Yeah, I released it. Oh, then. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay, yeah. Then uh, we should be currently working on on one if we have. We our... need to just like sit down and and binge shit and just just yeah. report things right there. Well, you know what we should do? We should watch like a anime movie, right? And then we should mm. just record while we're watching it right so oh, we can okay. hit two birds with one one boulder mm -hmm. you know yeah do a uh let's uh let's watch you know a let's watch right mm -hmm. um i think that would be I, and also because of the power of technology we could have like the audio of uh you know the tv in the background but we can have that coming in in one ear and then you and me are both in the other in ear. The other ear, yes. I kind of really dig that. Yeah, we could even you could even like sync it up. So you start watching the anime movie while at the same time we do. We'll we'll count it down, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's like you, you have ASMR people in the same theater as you whispering things about the movie to you. <laughs> I think that would be. I think that's the authentic movie experience. So yeah, why haven't we covered? paprika yet because I, I have not seen it mm -hmm, but that's also it's covered that... on the the doofcast i think what do you say there was a doofcast episode on it like two years ago exactly so to doof it over oh you're right you're right actually i, I don't i don't know what their their take on it was you know i'm what? pretty sure they didn't like it i don't know why probably just, well yeah. they don't like anime so 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> probably. Uh, you know what's something they did like and I did watch recently? Tampopo. Did I? Do you know about that movie? Never seen it. It's a ramen movie. It's it's ramen's. It's a Japanese movie about ramen and how ramen Aww. is so good and we love it and it's great and it that is. That sounds cute. It's a good movie. It's very sexual. Well, Ooh. only one one subplot is a sexual subplot in a ramen movie. Yeah, it's about food and sexual. Mm, so how food makes us sex. Yeah, it's a good movie though. Um, and so when you watch it, yeah, we should do it over anyway. <laughs> There's lots of other things going on at Doof Media that's not the show that we only put out a couple every couple months. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of other uh, wonderful shows that are, are part of the bonus content, including uh, The High Ground, which is really funny and delightful, uh, where Elliot and Ruben and um, I think Elliot's sister watch some terrible movies. Uh, it started with Star Wars, and I think they've branched out to other things and just talk about it. And it's great. Um, and uh, we also have that new show on the general uh, on the general on the on the network um pill in comparison and every other show is continuing on i need to uh tune into mm, what you say which i haven't talked about in like a billion years but it's a wonderful show with scott and elise and i'm sure they're talking about parenting and i'm really excited for their next show uh that they'll be doing later which i don't know if they've announced but i'm excited for it nice nice <laughs> well, all right i think it's high time we're on into next week's words don't you think yeah um do you want to talk again about what the theme of the month is yes so the theme of of the month is punctuation punctuation is the most one of the most important parts and is a very uh important tool to use within your own writing using any sort of any sort of punctuation can change the entire meaning of a sentence paragraph or story so for this faithful month of of july pay extra attention to the to your punctuation placement and punctuation usage mm-hmm. um yeah so we had the one that was a coding thing <laughs> uh, which i think is one way to use it um i would love to see something that sort of like hinges upon um you know like a dialogue that's like misheard because punctuation is in a different place mm-hmm. or is some other thing where it's like we see the same phrase multiple times but the punctuation is different and therefore the meaning is different um like this this isn't the same this is about a stress on a sentence but you know how like depending on what stress you put on a word it totally changes the meaning yes um like uh there's that sentence where it's like um she didn't take she did not take my money right Mm -hmm. so it's like she didn't take my money and then uh she she didn't take my money Mm-hmm. She didn't take my money. Those are, yeah, each one has uh, a different meaning. And I think that's really interesting. And the same thing goes with a punctuation. Depending on where you put a comma um, can mean very different things. Oxford comma is great. And I think everyone should use it. But when we don't use it, it can be really funny. So <laughs> anyway, nice, uh, play nice. around with it. Yeah, so run on with that, and the words to help you run are relation, rebellion, axis, and transaction. Um, cool. So, this is an interesting set, especially, I'm, I'm, now I'm going to expect a lot of World War uh, two stories, I guess. Yeah, rebellion, uh, axis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, relation is, um, 
oh gosh every example i'm thinking of is using the word yeah uh, it is it is a connection between two people items or things concepts i guess yes um in how they are associated um how uh one is affected by the other mm-hmm. how they're both affected by similar things or whatever else um a relation can also be a cousin or other relative usually not like a direct one mm-hmm. um but it can also mean those two uh people can be in relationships which is just how people really are, are related to one another um how they interact with one another but it's usually meaning a romantic sense um but it's a vague term because a friendship is a relationship. Uh, yeah. You have a real relationship with your coworkers, so yeah, interesting. it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, rebellion is uh, when someone acts against a uh, authority or um, governing structure in some way. Um, so kids have their rebellions against parents. Uh, people rebel against the empire, um, and almost <laughs> always. Uh, rebellions are the good thing but sometimes they're the bad thing because they're rebelling for a bad reason like uh con- the confederacy so yeah or in attack on time i don't know what you're talking about but yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so rebellions are, are interesting and they're, they're like a coming of age thing and it's interesting we're like especially today's society when we're like things are really shitty and we would like to change that but like how do you change it how do you rebel in a way that actually affects positive change in the end yeah um the axis is a couple of things um there was the axis powers in world war ii right yes. evil ones quote unquote. bring it back kind of not quote unquote no what huh <laughs> anyway uh axis is also um the center of like a globe or something that spins mm-hmm. spins on its axis and I, that's all the definitions i am aware of and last one is transaction when is uh when you buy something or otherwise uh pay for something with another thing um so the story i'm thinking about making next week uh takes place in an alt future if the axis of power never lost their power, they are just a powerful force that covers the the entire planet under one rule. Okay. Um, of of course, uh, in sparse places such as Japan, Africa, and South America, there are rebellions. But since the whole world is is united under one force all of these other lesser forces are quickly snuffed out by the, the axis of power wow thanks thanks for the, the story jarvis i thought it was so funny and uh really um well just, i thought out. it was just killer yeah yeah, thank you. yeah i think yeah. it's great and it, extremely uh lo- lovely twists and turns Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. a lot of lot of uh, characters. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a good central conflict. Used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, I love the the climax and the twist and the mystery. So mm-hmm. those are those are all great. Yeah, thank um, you, thank you. You should uh, really look out because I'm I'm about to drop a book on you. So mm-hmm. L- literally, I don't know <laughs> what that means. Um, okay, uh, so I'm gonna tell a story about how there was this uh, teenage girl. 
um, who uh, she did a rebellion against her parents, and it was so she was so good at rebelling that um, she doesn't have parents anymore. She just doesn't have them. So, but she really, really loves uh, rebelling. So, um, she so found some people uh, where she just has a transactional relationship to them. Um, you know, as she grows up, she, you know, she gets money so she can pay them and they act as an authority just so she can rebel. Oh my God, I'm just describing BDSM. That's not what I meant to do. <laughs> That's really not what I meant to do. <laughs> um, and, and somehow, and it's not, it's not a sexual thing in this context. And, um, the axis of which their relationships revolve around is, is not, it's not sexual. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's twice with its sex things in this episode. Threw me off. Oh, okay. Uh, just do the right thing. I'm done. I gotta go. <laughs> yes. I just can't. I can't. Yeah. Well, hey, if, if, if you want to, um, uh, 